This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Bruce Marshall, executive editor of the Goal Sheet, and Bruce likes to just boom hit that shotgun, spray the board on a weekly basis, and we're going to get a little bit of everything. It's kind of a kind of a fun time, you know. The start of the NBA and NHL postseason, Champions League and league in soccer, Bruce. Loves his European uh, soccer, so we've got that as well, and uh, just a little bit of everything as we kind of turn the page from March Madness, the Masters, and get into uh, some of the, uh, the sort of the summer uh, time sports. Bruce, um, tell you what, the NBA lacks sort of competitive balance sometimes in the postseason. Uh, now. That kind of seems the way in the East. Charles Barkley seems like he's going to be right. Uh, three of the four are going to be mm, non-competitive. But damn it, the West, it's all over the place, and everybody has catching the attention of the very exciting brand of basketball that Sacramento and Golden State now would sack with a 2 nothing lead. Yeah, it's been really, it's compelling stuff, uh, in, in, especially in the West. Interestingly, though, when we got into the game twos last night, and we'll, st- we'll talk about more of these, uh, more of the Tuesday games in a minute, but the old zigzag, which we like to look at a lot in the playoffs, didn't work last night. Now you were, now you were asking the road teams to win uh, last night. So tonight we've got a little different situation with a couple of home teams uh, that lost in the first game. So the zigzag usually kicks in a little bit more in that scenario. But uh, these matchups in the West, I think this Suns-Clippers matchup is as good as it gets, just like that Golden State matchup um, against uh, Sacramento. I mean, so it's game on in in the West, and the Lakers, of course, will go again tomorrow night on Wednesday. Uh, So it is game on in the West, and you're right, the East, uh, we'll talk about the one matchup that looks like it's, um, uh, you know, competitive here and that's the Knicks and Cleveland uh, but the others um, and a little bit of Boston here tonight too Philadelphia Boston look like they're in uh, in pretty good shape and we'll see about Milwaukee too and uh, if Giannis comes back so that uh, you know that 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 could get pretty uh, hairy here for the Bucks if uh, the Greek freak is not available but it looks like he will be how close to 100 percent we'll see what about uh, what about that? Uh, the, the now Sacramento is the big favorite. Uh, what are you What are your thoughts on this series so far? Been very highly competitive games uh, in Sacramento. Now that they go to Golden State, uh, this young team, and well, I worry about that game five or game seven if it's just the home team's hold serve until that point. Well, yeah, I mean, the old saying is, I mean, the series doesn't start until the a team wins on the road. Um, and Sacto's, you know, Sacto, can, maybe they can hold serve at home the, the whole way. Um, 
and and win this thing in seven. I I don't expect them to go in there and 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 uh, and win in San Francisco either the next two games. So we'll see how that right. uh, plays out. The question about Golden State though is this year. I mean, the road has been treacherous uh, for the Warriors uh, this season. They've only won eleven times all season on the road, and there was a similar theme down the stretch. Uh, they were out executed by the Kings in both games one and game two. Uh, they have played better at home all season, so that may get them back into the series here. But at some point, they're going to have to start winning on the road. They don't have home, uh, you know, home court edge in too many of these series. Even if they progress past this one, they're going to have to win some games on the road if they want to repeat as champs. And thus far, this edition of the Warriors has not shown you can trust them doing so. All right. Well, yesterday's podcast, I did have uh, Sacramento uh, in game two. We said to wait because one and a half, it did go off at two and a half. Touch three for a little bit uh, in that game. So we hit uh, that one. So let's look at tonight's game. And, you know, yesterday I also said that I just see no signs. I don't give any credit to the Hawks. That was complete garbage time when they basically trimmed that 30-point uh, lead to 10, I estimate, uh, right there. Here we are back with game two. Uh, the first game went off at 10.5. It was not competitive. This one goes at 10, 230.5. You're looking at the total in this game. Yeah, I think an under is the way to look, and that's certainly been the way these teams have been playing uh, in in the playoffs recently, especially the Hawks. I mean, since last season, uh, the last eight playoff games for the Hawks, that counts a couple of the play-ins, uh, have landed under. Uh, and uh, 21-5-1 and one going back a few, a couple more years on the underside. So they generally seem to be playing a little bit slower pace and doesn't seem to be changing now with Quinn Snyder after uh, McMillan the last couple of years. Uh, uh, Trey Young. Uh, uh, continued his struggles in game one, as was the case uh, last year against uh, Miami when he really struggled in that uh, in that series when the Heat won in five. Uh, and Young again struggling only five for 18 from the floor in game one. You're right, Boston had that 30-point lead, got whittled down. It did look like garbage time. Atlanta was doing a couple of things subtly different in the second half. They stopped over-helping on defense, and that was creating so many uh, free looks for from three from the Celtics in the first half. That was the first time they had a lead that big in the first half since 1985 game one in the finals against the Lakers when Scott Wedman went wild. They won that game 148-114. They lost that series, though. They're not going to lose this series. But they haven't budged the total too much from the other night, and they, and they didn't come close um, to the 230, and it's still up there again. I think that's too high the way these teams have trended. Boston's also under 8-3 and three its last 11 playoff games stating the last year. So um, uh, under's my first call here, and, I, and I'd lay it with Boston again 10. I don't think the zigzag comes into play here. They've got the edge, and I think they'll bear down and win this thing. And a, uh, another under, though, would be my first call on this one. Yeah, going back to Friday's play-in games, uh, the unders are eight and four uh, in the NBA playoffs. So under two thirty and a half uh, at Bet Rivers right now. Speaking of the zigzag, we have it in Cleveland tonight. New York and Cleveland, and keep in mind that New York won this game with Jalen Brunson sitting a lot of the first half uh, on the bench with three quick fouls. Um, they they better put somebody else on him because he scored at will down the stretch uh, when they went ISO to him. Uh, Cleveland is, you know, kind of the first first impression in the postseason. I wonder, I'm not sure if all this 
pos- regular season success is going to translate into the postseason. They were fantastic uh, in the regular season. But here we go again, another big spread. Public was on the Knicks and the uh, in the money line in game one. Now it's up to five and a half as inflated line, anticipating some of that zigzag action. Yeah, they're anticipating the zigzag here for sure. Um, and uh, But I'm not sure that it kicks in. I mean, aside from the zigzag, uh, you watch that game on Saturday and you think, you know, the Knicks really aren't playing. The Knicks can play better than this. And they've still managed to, to win. Like you said, uh, Brunson only played nine minutes in the first half. Uh, Julius Randle uh, definitely showed some rust in his first game back. Uh, after a couple of weeks off with uh, the uh, the ankle injury, uh, quickly off the bench, usually a really good performer for them um, off the bench, uh, didn't even make a field goal, only scored three points all on free throws. Um, and they only shot, what, 42% overall, about 27% from three. Yet they still won uh, the game. I think this is a real alarm for uh, Cleveland here that the, the, the Knicks could play uh, subpar and still win at least offensively. Defensively, they were fine, although Tibbs complained like he always does about the defense. But it looks like Cleveland's doing some things that play right into Tibbs's hands here. A lot of this uh, high pick and roll stuff, they are able to blow that up pretty well. A lot of it uh, is, is uh, you know, Mitchell and Garland are the guys who score, uh, get the heavy-duty work uh, physically on the boards. They had trouble keeping the Knicks off the offensive glass, 17 offensive rebounds, some poor spacing offensively by Cleveland. These are all things that Tibbs can exploit. And uh, they've been a very good underdog, too. By the way, 10-3-1, the last 14 is a dog, including an outright win on Saturday in Game 1. I think the Knicks are... I'm going to buck the uh, zigzag. It didn't work last night. Different dynamics here, I know, but... Uh, from I'm going on what I see, the eye test here. The Knicks match up well with these guys. I would not be surprised to see them going back home to nothing, but instead of the um, straight, uh, uh, you know, on a straight win, let's just take the plus five and a half and go with the Knicks tonight. Yeah, and Julius Randle, they didn't know exactly what percentage he would be at. He looked fine. Uh, yep. And they, you know, now that uh, uncertainty there, uh, they have it moving forward. And I just thought that the, you know, the Knicks, we know that Thibodeau likes to, sometimes his teams can be exhausted in the regular season because they play a little bit harder uh, than most. But their defense was really, really impressive in game one, holding the Cavaliers to 97 points. But it was the degree of difficulty of the field goal attempts by Cleveland that I think is. I think that's that's here to stay uh, in this matchup. The line is going up to five and a half. I think that's a hefty number. Uh, I'm, I'm with you, Bruce, on taking the Knicks uh, plus the five and a half. I think it's going to be a very, very close game. The total uh, went off at two um, at in game one, went off at 215 and a half, easily under 198 was the uh, the final score, 101 to 97. It, yesterday, it was at 213. It's uh, bumped up to 214. That's a consideration as well. The zigzag a theory is tested here. Phoenix with all of those new pieces, but minus a couple of the pieces, I think is the real story here. Yes, Kawhi Leonard was playoff Kawhi. There's no doubt. Shades of Toronto. He was fantastic. He did it in all areas of the court. Phoenix, you know, Kevin Durant and Booker are fine, but... Where's Cam Johnson? Where's Mikel Bridges? When the bench is in there, the Clippers are really having advantage. Their bench is much deeper here. So they barely, I think of the 48 minutes in the Sunday game, they were covering that seven and a half, maybe two. Okay. 
Now they're laying eight and a half, 225 and a half against the Clippers. Will the Clippers exhale here and be satisfied with their, uh, their away split? Um, they won't say so now. I wouldn't be surprised if that ends up being the case here tonight. Uh, and here's one, you know, they're, they're playing the zigzag again. Uh, but I, I might actually back it here. And I know game one, it was not easy except for a couple of spurts for the Suns. And uh, Kawhi showed what he uh, could do. And that the bench, I mean, outscored Phoenix 31-14, uh, to 14, and that's going to be a, a thorn in Monty Williams' side here. Now, he's going to do a couple of uh, different things, I would expect, today. I think we'll see a lot more of Terrence Ross tonight. Uh, he's a guy who can get him some offense. He wasn't on the floor uh, too much. I mean, Shamet was the, the guy, the backup who was in the on the floor for the most minutes on Sunday, and only I, only the only one who played more than eight minutes. So I think he's going to use a couple. Ross is an important guy because you're right; they did deal away some of their depth at the deadline there, and Ross was a guy who came in who can give them offense. But I think we'll see a lot more of uh, him tonight. Uh, like Shaq likes to say, the others. Uh, beyond Kawhi, I thought they got some really good contributions from uh, Norman Powell and Eric Gordon, which they can do. Zubac right. played well. Mason Plumley didn't even play that bad. And, of course, Westbrook did things beyond scoring that uh, certainly helped. Uh, but And you got to remember, too, they've, they've still only played nine games with Kevin Durant on the Phoenix side. Um, so there's still some adjustment uh, going on there. But I am going to play the zigzag here. I, I think the Suns can bounce back here tonight. They've got a lot of firepower there. Uh, and, and there is a natural tendency just to ease up a little on the on the accelerator after you, 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 you're guaranteed the split in the desert. Um, I know Kawhi's there. But, you know, I don't think he's going to score 38 again. And I think they'll do a little better job. They'll get on him out beyond the arc. And he's hitting almost 47% of his triples this season. So I think they'll do a better job on him for the three. And and this one, I am going to play the zigzag, though. I think the, the Clippers might end up winning this series. Tonight, I'm going to give Phoenix a look. Not my favorite play of the night, but that would be my side here. Scott Foster is the lead official for tonight's game. He and Chris Paul, well, <laughs> they're not picking out their China anytime soon. Uh, they 0-14. Uh, last 14 games that Scott Foster has uh, been the lead official in uh, Chris Paul playoff games. So we'll have to see. Paul looks like this is the last leg. This was the preseason favorite to win it all in the Phoenix Suns. In a very competitive West, that was not uh, a great start to the uh, 2023 uh, postseason in game one. Let's move over to, over to the ice. Las Vegas uh, Golden Knights in your neck of the woods. Okay, here they go. They're the favorite uh, in this series. Uh, game one against Winnipeg, $1.55 uh, money line. Winnipeg coming back plus 132 at Bet Rivers. Total is at five and a half, Bruce. Uh, these games last night, with the exception of the Kings-Oilers, and that took a goal by the Kings in the last 17 seconds to force yeah. overtime last night, um, <laughs> which hurt one of our releases because I like that one under. Uh, that was the only game that went over uh, last night. So we saw playoff hockey last night. And by the way, remember, no shootouts in the, in the, in, in the playoffs. That stuff's all regular season. So you're playing overtimes as long as you need to go. And that Dallas-Minnesota game went a long way last night. So we may see more of those. But I think we saw the defensive nature of things. And so I would think an under might be a way to, way to look here. Brossois has come back in for the Golden Knights. He was injured for much of the season. Um, it was really a uh, – I'll, I'll give Bruce Cassidy a lot of credit for keeping the, the goalie situation look like it was going to be a real problem for the Golden Knights this season with Leonard out uh, with the injury. 
Logan Thompson stepped in there, did very well. Uh, he got hurt. Brassois was also hurt for much of the year. They had to bring in Jonathan Quick from the Kings, who played pretty well down the stretch and sort of put, uh, uh, you know, pl- plugged the leaks in goal. Uh, but the other way, Hellebuck uh, is is a 92% save guy. Uh, Winnipeg's got a lot of guys with playoff experience. They've got, you know, Shifley and Blake Wheeler. Um, Morrissey is a really top line uh, defender. Pierre-Luc Dubois over from Columbus a couple of years ago. He wasn't there the last time Winnipeg played Vegas in the playoffs a few years ago when Vegas won. I think Winnipeg's got a shot here. Vegas was was more vulnerable at home this season. Uh, so I'll give you a double barrel here on the under. And I think Winnipeg steals one here. They're going to get one of these at, at T-Mobile. They might get it tonight. You're going to see a lot of 3-2 sort of scores in, this, in the playoffs and in this series in particular. Tonight, I think that lands on Winnipeg's side. All right, here we go again in the East. Let's get this straight. Toronto, their postseason uh, struggles have been uh, highly documented. Tampa Bay, their success. I mean, who, who who do you put up to them? And Toronto is the highest seed again. And Toronto is favored in the series. Toronto is favored in this game one tonight. The two versus three seed. A dollar fifty-five at Bet Rivers. Tampa Bay coming back a dollar thirty-three. Well, I mean, if Toronto doesn't do it this year, um, you know, it, by the way, 2004 is the last time Toronto won a playoff series. That also happened to be a year Tampa Bay won the Cup. Um, when the, the Maple Leafs made this move to Sheldon Keefe behind the bench a few years ago, I happened to be at that game the night before at T-Mobile Arena when some Toronto writers told me, we're going to fire Babcock if we don't win tonight. And I couldn't believe it. And sure enough, that's what happened. And they thought Keefe related better to the players, Babcock to authoritarian, all that. Uh, but they still haven't done anything. They, in, the, in the bubble, they got knocked out by Columbus. They got knocked out the next year by the Canadians. And last year in seven, they lost to the to the Lightning. So, I mean, Keefe has yet to get them over the hump. I mean, I don't know when it's going to happen. What I would concern me here for, on Tampa Bay side is – and and going forward in the playoffs. Toronto reminds me a lot of the Washington Nationals a few years ago when they kept having failure upon failure in the postseason. And finally in 2019, they made that breakthrough. They beat the Brewers in that wild card game, remember? And that started the snowball rolling downhill. So I wonder if Toronto could just win one of these series. I mean, they've got the firepower. They added Ryan O'Reilly from St. Louis at the deadline, and they've got Matthews and Tavares and Marner and all these guys and Nylander. But Tampa Bay still has the core of the team that's been to three straight finals. I would still rather take Vasilevsky in goal. Uh, Samsonov is back in there for uh, Toronto tonight after uh, you saw Keith go with uh, uh, Joseph Wool up from the minors a, a lot in the last month of the season. But they're back to Samsonov. I'm going to go with Vasilevsky tonight. I'm going to go with the playoff experience. And I think Tampa Bay is going to get one here up uh, north of the border. And it might be tonight. So I'll, I'm going to give the, the Lightning a shot at the underdog price. That's right, Bruce. You had a great memory. The Washington Nationals, that, gr- that great run started with a ninth inning comeback against Josh Ader as he blew the save uh, up in uh, Washington in the bottom of the ninth inning. So transitioning to Major League Baseball, let's look at it. The Baltimore Orioles in those Washington Nationals. So well, how things have changed. Uh, Baltimore they're one of the best, one of the better lineups uh, in baseball. They're a good, good lineup. I mean, it really is. Adley Rushman is 
the real deal. The young uh, catcher from Oregon State uh, behind the plate. Tonight's game, it's 136-9. Kramer and Gray to start on the mound for these two teams. Yeah, the battle of the beltway here. Uh, and the, the Nats have really been struggling, although they did pull out a game against the uh, against uh, Cleveland on Sunday, and the offense picked up a little bit. Uh, I think the Nats might do some business here against Dean Kramer, who's been the one starter for Brandon Hyde on the O's side who has not pitched well. I mean, his ERA is up there over nine. Uh, in his in his uh, three starts uh, this season, the total runs, so we've got 17, 13, and 12 in the Orioles games. Higher scoring games with him on the mound. Uh, and uh, the Orioles, 5-0-1 to the over their last six, 11-4-1 to the over already this season. Uh, so that's been the way it's been trending there. The Nats have been trending over lately as well. They have not given a lot of run support to Josiah Gray in his starts, but... Um, with Kramer on the mound tonight, I think that changes. And you mentioned about the Baltimore offense, which has really been scoring some runs. Uh, so I'm thinking over in this one tonight. Nine doesn't seem high enough to me. We've seen a lot of higher scoring games, a lot of those involving the O's. So uh, the Birds and the Nats over in the Battle of the Beltway tonight in D.C. Yeah, about Baltimore, that lineup, it's uh, pretty, pretty good. All right. Um, how about these two ballparks? Uh, compare the maintenance budgets between the Oakland Alameda College Coliseum and Wrigley Field. Hmm. Just a tad bit. Uh, the, 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 the Cubs have taken care of Wrigley just a little bit more. Cubbies a massive dollar eighty six and seven and a half on the road in Oakland. But that run line, and I like that run line for visiting teams, minus one and a half, minus 107. Cubs are one of the more improved teams uh, in Major League Baseball. It's not just a cute little story. I like the Cubbies, but they were a fade team the past couple of years. I'm backing them more, I think, the early part of the season than I did all of last year. Uh, At Oakland, small total with all that foul ground territory uh, in the Coliseum at seven and a half. Yeah, by the way, to answer your stadium maintenance question, uh, I think it's zero they spend at Oakland, so it's <laughs> it's easy for uh, Wrigley Field to do it, but you're, you're very right. Uh, by the way, on the weekend, uh, they, they honored the 73 World Series champs there, and uh, Reggie Jackson among them, and he, he warned the, the, the fans in the city, you know, get this stadium built, the new one, or this team's leaving, and uh, it's a sad situation. They're 3-14 and 14 now. They've stripped the team. And even when they're a little bit competitive, they fought the the Mets, you know, you know, pretty hard on the weekend. They still lost those last two games. They end up getting swept, um, and it's just not going too good. Waldachuk on the mound. They did win his last start, but uh, his ERA is way up there, over ten. And you'd think the Cubs might be able to do some business. I agree with you. I think Chicago's got some things turned around this year. One of the reasons might be Marcus Stroman. If Stroman can stay uh, healthy here, his, his his numbers are outstanding in the first a couple weeks of the season. Uh, little guy in the mound, but they've always thought he's pretty close to a breakthrough. Maybe this is the year we see that from him. But the Cubs' bats, I think, will also do some business against Waldachuk and the Oakland bullpen tonight. That's why the 7.5 doesn't bother me on the oversight here. I'm going to go double-barreled here. That run line you talked about, yeah, I like having the extra at bat. And they scored 10 last night. Uh, they're going to, they make, Oakland, by the way, has been going over a lot, especially in night games. Um, it didn't in the weekend against the Mets, but they had been 10 and 1 to the over before that, went over again last night. 
and I think this one is an over and a Cubs on the run line here tonight. That's not a bad price with the way uh, Stroman's been pitching and the way Oakland's been playing. So uh, Cubs run line and over in Oakland tonight. Uh, and, and I also like when it goes to uh, extra innings with the ghost runner. I mean, no matter yeah. what you think of it, but I mean, the visiting oh, yeah. team has a big, uh, a real shot uh, to score, uh, you know, you know, multiple runs. Yes. And then if they score multiple runs, then it's station to station baseball. That their ghost runner, they're not going to take chances if they're, you know, if you know that runner really doesn't count. It's uh, you know being down multiple runs. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Listen, there's a reason they named uh, Marcus Stroman the opening day starter. So I mean, he's he's coming in, and they had some. You know, had some confidence uh, coming into him. So he has pitched very, very well uh, to uh, this point. So Cubbies minus one and a half. I like the run line as well as that one. Bruce likes over seven and a half also. All right, Bruce, the European Soccer Champions League, uh, Man City. It's kind of a runaway machine in the Prem. Well, they're about to uh, catch um, catch Arsenal as uh, Arsenal is just, you know, kind of drawing left and right. And here they come, the controversial uh, team in Man City. 3-0 blowout first time, but mm, low value here on Bayern Munich you're looking at. Yeah, you know, that, that the, uh, the first leg last week, I mean, that was a competitive game. It was, it was 1-0 about midway in the second half, and then bang, bang, a couple of goals there. And some things started to unravel for Bayern Munich. Uh, Sané and Mane got in a little scuffle teammates little uh rudy gobert kyle anderson uh, champions league version there and then they continued into the locker room and they but they said they've ironed some things out um bayern munich remember, just uh, changed managers not long ago i mean um they moved nagelsman out and thomas tuchel came in uh, who who similarly when he stepped in took uh, chelsea to the champions league a couple of uh, years ago that happened a little bit earlier in the season i mean they're up against it here they're down three nil into the second leg but you know second legs uh, things change when you know you're going back to the alliance or you're going back to, to munich here and you're trying to defend a three goal lead I, things you it's, it's not quite the same you play the game a little bit differently you'll see Bayern munich take a few more chances this thing could get over uh, that three goals as well but I, I, I think, you know, Bayern Munich w- can win here and not advance. And I think that's really all that Man City cares for. That's the focus for Man City. It's the Champions League. I, I, and you hate to say the EPL crown isn't important because it is. But the one thing they have not gotten since the new ownership group came in many years ago for the Middle East and since Guardiola came is the Champions League. And they're en route uh, a collision course with Real Madrid in the semifinal round. They advance, but I don't think they win today. Uh, I, I'm going to give Bayern Munich a shot plus a uh, plus price to at least save some face and get a win, but not advance. Bruce, you know more about this, but even a uh, soccer novice, uh, <clears throat> casual observer like myself has sort of taken advantage of the fade Chelsea uh, ATM. I mean, you talk about a team that is struggling. I mean, here you are. You're looking to continue that tread with Real Madrid. Yes, and uh, I don't like much what's going on with Chelsea, like you mentioned. I mean, the recent uh, coaching change, uh, Tuchel out, or uh, Frank Lampard in. I don't like that Todd Bowley, the new American owner, uh, who, as of a couple of years ago, would have thought Stamford Bridge was just a roadway over the Thames, not knowing that's the name of the stadium there. And he's coming in with his new partners and giving – reading the riot act to his team after the coach makes the speech 
to his team after the game. He's barging in there and trying to tell the team. I, I don't know. Lampard saying he understands he's okay with it. I, I don't like that situation. Bully's not a real soccer guy. Uh, and I don't like the situation at all at the Chelsea. Real Madrid won that match, match day one handily. A couple of names to watch. We know about Benzema. Uh, and how good he is, won the Ballon d'Or and all that. The most electric player in Europe right now is Vinicius. Uh, when he goes down the flank, I, I think Lampard and any other opposing manager is holding their breath. You cannot contain this guy. And he, the way he swoops in there, uh, and he's got a telepathic understanding with Benzema now. Uh, they could have won that first match, uh, match day one by more. They're a lot better team than Chelsea. They win. You're getting a plus place with Real Madrid. Uh, I know they're up 2-0. They're a lot better than Chelsea. They will win this match uh, today. All right. Uh, and also uh, tomorrow, uh, you're looking at Inter Milan, uh, which in a three-way is a plus a dollar eight at Bet Rivers. Yes, Inter Milan is ready. I mean, we're, we're on the verge of an all-Milan semifinal. If AC Milan can get past uh, uh, Napoli, but they, they take a one nothing lead in the second leg. Inter is an interesting story. I mean, they're going through Portugal, uh, Porto, Benfica, and then, you know, an Italian side, they could be in the final. I mean, uh, this, is, this is quite something for a team that has had a lot of problems this season off the field and financially, and they got a lot of guys on loan here. Uh, Simone Nzaghi's put this together and the Champions League playing pretty well. They're at home. Uh, they got Benfica rattled in the first ra- round. Um, I, I think this might end up, you know, you're getting a little plus price with, with the inner here. Something's going on with these guys. They're playing extremely well in this in this uh, competition here. And Lukaku off the bench, able to score goals. So maybe an under there a little bit, but also maybe inner at that price uh, worth a look in the leg two and setting up something very special in the uh, semifinal round coming up in a couple of weeks. All right, a little bit of everything, a little soccer, a little baseball, a little hockey, and also the NBA. Do it every Tuesday as uh, Bruce kind of spreads it around and bets the board for us here on the Sports Betters Paradise. For Bruce Marshall, the goal sheet, I'm Jimmy Odd on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.